this is a story about what to do on a date. It begins one early summer afternoon. It begins with Jeff and Kay and 21B. Of course, you may not have a problem about what to do on a date, but Nick, well, he has a real dating problem. If he took Kay out on a date, what would they do? Where would they go? Hello? Oh, hello, Kay. This is Nick Baxter. Oh, hello, Nick. How are you? Fine, thanks. Say, Kay, next Friday, would you like to see Wagon Train at the movies? Oh, I'm sorry, Nick. I suppose you've got your mind made up to see it? You've seen it? She's already seen it. Sir, it will take quite a while to evacuate the T-47s. Uh, Kay, you wouldn't want to help get the scavenger sale ready at the community center, would you? Oh, I've been hearing about that. Yes, I'd like to very much. You would? All right, I'll call for you then. About seven? Bye. Yes, there are lots of things to do on dates. If you know how to look for them, if you plan them with the other person in mind, and if you really try to make sure each date's a good time. If you do these things, you'll know what to do on your day. Take care, sir. points is jason and this is gabe valentine's day is coming up so everybody you know what that means it's time to talk about 21b 21b my valentine makes perfect sense it's the droid everyone loves everybody's always talking about if only 21b was here so i could express my love for him the first thought in everyone's head when they saw empire strikes back was Will 2-1 be mine? Everybody brought roses to their second screening of Empire Strikes Back to throw at the screen when the original Star Wars heartthrob was on there. He's like Master Codebreaker and Lovey rolled into one. It's like you always hear like the old stories that come out, like what it was like to see The Empire Strikes Back when it was first released. But nobody ever talks about the fact that people threw roses at the screen whenever 2-1-B came on. Schoolgirls were crying. Grown men were fainting. 
It's one of the, the reasons PG-13 was brought about. People point to Temple of Doom. No, no, no. It was The Empire Strikes Back and the reaction to heartthrob droid 21B. Yeah, it's a little known fact that his original name was Too Much 1B. Ralph McQuarrie put it in his notes when he was drawing 21B. And Lucas gave it a fabuloso stamp, but it just... it. The process, you know, it's, it has to go through so many hands before it ends up on screen. But Well, they came to a compromise where you could only show them from the waist up because a full body shot would just, people wouldn't, people wouldn't be able to handle it. If you haven't figured it out already, this is an episode all about one of our favorite characters in the saga, possibly the hero of the entire saga, the great 2-1-B. I think we've, we've meant to do an episode about 2-1-B again. This is something we've had in mind since the beginning. Perfect timing with Valentine's Day, the love season continuing on our in our rich tradition of Valentine's Day episodes, which almost isn't a tradition because we completely forgot about it one year. <laughs> I think Solo came out or something and we were distracted. I think it's what happened. Yeah, I think it was like the Solo trailer or something. We, we got wrapped up in that. Which, you know, Solo's kind of a Valentine's Day kind of movie, so it, it all kind of worked out in the end. It really, it really is. It all, it, all, it, all, it all came out. So yeah, we're going to be you know, be talking all about everything 2-1-B in this episode. Later in the episode, we're going to be talking about uh, dream dates. So we've, we've got a lot of 2-1-B to cover here. But let, let's kind of begin at the beginning. Like, why do we love 2-1-B so much? What I mean, it's obvious. I mean, just look at him. He put it all on the screen. It's right there. What, what's, what's your personal history with 2-1-B been like? When did, when did you first know that you loved 2-1-B? I feel like 2-1-B is like the Star Wars movies themselves. I don't ever remember not loving 2-1-B. He's just always been there. And I think it's one of the things where you love R2-D2, you love C-3PO, and all of a sudden this other droid appears. He's mysterious. And he saves Luke. So you gotta be on Team 2-1-B for that reason. And then, you know, he's got glowing eyes. And great cheekbones. He's got a see-through chest. Yeah, it's just you know, if you're if you're uh, into the robots, there's really no way not to be a fan of Two One B. I feel like I was for, uh, obviously first attracted to Two One B, you know, in the Empire Strikes Back because it was it was like a protocol droid, but it was like a kind of protocol droid we've never seen before, and it was exciting to see that in Empire. Like, oh wow, look, different kinds of droids. Like, realistically, I think part of the reason I loved 2-1-B was the old action figure. Because he was, like, baby blue colored, and he had, like, a clear plastic chest. And, like, the old Kenner figure. Like, they went, like, above and beyond a lot of the other figures. It was just a really, really cool figure. It just he stood out when you put all your when you lined up all your old Star Wars action figures. Like your eye would just naturally go to two one B. He is kind of it's like stocky and wide too. Like he was like a he's a very substantial action figure. But I never had the original two one B. I don't know why. I don't remember ever seeing him at the store. I must have went to different stores than you. But I had I had FX seven. And I played with him a lot. And maybe that's why, you know, seeing 2-1-B on this big screen was even more special because I didn't have the action figure. (laughs) 
I, I could see him from FX7's perspective of, of longing to have 2NB by his side to do medical procedures together. See, that's, that's weird because like when I was thinking about it, I, I, like, I always assumed everyone had 2NB because I would imagine he would be a figure that was like always available. Like maybe Lando would be hard to get or like Han or Luke and like their new like Hoth gear or something. But I would always imagine like back in the day, I don't remember, but like 2-1-B and like cloud car pilots would be <laughs> yeah. probably like the figures you could always find on the shelf at Kmart or something. It could be too because I think as a kid, I didn't really go crazy with the action figures until Jedi. I think I just missed out on 2-1-B and it wasn't until the, the 97 one came out that I finally got to experience owning my own little tiny 2NB to keep close to my heart. <laughs> Hold him in your hand, make a little house for him, tuck him in at night. Put a real like sewing needle in his hand and, and keeps injecting it into my arm. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the medicine. Come on. And he's just, he's an incredibly cool design to or just a character. You know, the figure's blue. In the movies, he's more like a gunmetal gray. He, you know, he, like we said, he has a see-through chest. He's got a microphone mouth. His face kind of looks like a skull. There's a great mystery surrounding his feet. I think even to this day, there's kind of a mystery with his feet. For whatever reason, his feet were always changing because you never saw his feet on screen. But the 1980 action figure had legs. It had feet. So they made something up for his feet because I think the original Macquarie sketches and even the blueprints don't have anything below the knee. Yeah, it's crazy. If you get out the art of the Empire Strikes Back book, there are four pages of nothing but 2-1-B sketches and designs and Macquarie paintings and blueprints. There's as many pages of 2-1-B designs in the art of Empire Strikes Back book as there are for Yoda. <laughs> Because obviously the two new stars of Star Wars were Yoda and 2-1-B. But no, yeah, there's no information about his feet whatsoever. And it's been an ongoing mystery for 40 years now. Yeah, because the 97 version of the figure has different feet. And then finally in Revenge of the Sith, there was a variation on the 2-1-B medical droid that put the Vader suit on Anakin and he has even different lower leg feet than the other two versions of the action figure. So what are the official two B feet? Maybe every two B has slightly different feet. That's how you can tell what model it is. I don't know. <laughs> maybe he has interchangeable feet. You know, doctors are on their feet all day. So maybe his feet wear out and he's got to put new ones on every couple months. Maybe he has a version that has Crocs. <laughs> So extra squishy and comfortable. Did the original uh, visual dictionary book, the very first visual dictionary book by David West Reynolds, it does, it's missing a lot of stuff. It, you know, it was kind of an introduction to the whole Star Wars visual dictionary thing, but it has 2-1-B in it. Because that one, it was the highlights of the original three movies. And when they made a list of the highlights, of course, 2-1-B was in that list. If you just looked at like the supplemental material of like the books and stuff from the original trilogy, especially Empire Strikes Back, you would think that 2-1-B was a major character, which I'm not saying he isn't. You know, I wonder if some of it, though, is the fact that in A New Hope, really the only droids that kind of had 
interaction with the main characters were C-3PO and R2-D2 who were main characters themselves. And now here is this droid who has dialogue scenes with Luke Skywalker. He must have had a really good agent because that like, you know, that's, that's, that's how you get into the big time. All these scene stealing parts of the movie with just him and Luke Skywalker. Mark Hamill, superstar. After Star Wars, I hoped that all my adventures were over and R2-D2 wouldn't get us into any more trouble with his secret missions. But in The Empire Strikes Back, it just gets worse. First, there was that dreadful snow planet. I thought I'd never be warm again. Then we were attacked by Imperial stormtroopers. And when we got to the Cloud City, I just went all to pieces. Oh dear, I can't go on. Talking about it is too upsetting. You'll just have to see it for yourselves when The Empire Strikes Back comes to a theater near you on May the 21st, 1980. So let's talk about the scene, the 2-1-B scene in The Empire Strikes Back. It's one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. It's, it's just, it's a masterpiece of Star Wars-ness because Luke is getting dressed, getting ready to go out into the Battle of Hoth. And 2-1-B is very concerned about Luke's safety, asking questions. You get the sense that 2-1-B and Luke are good friends. Sir, it will take quite a while to evacuate the T-47. Well, forget the heavy equipment. There's plenty of time to get the smaller modules on the transports. Take care, sir. Thanks. Apparently Luke must get hurt a lot, which, you know, if you're out fighting the Empire with a laser sword, probably get a lot of bumps and scrapes, and he goes back to his old buddy 2-1-B to get patched up, and over the years, yeah, they've become close. Luke knows all about 2-1-B's family. What he likes to watch on Netflix, what he likes on his pizza. Like, you know, they know each other backwards and forwards. This scene is easily overlooked because it it, ha- it goes by very quickly. But I feel like it's pure Star Wars in its complete and total earnestness and seriousness, but also simultaneous ridiculousness. Yeah, because it's pushing the outrageous meter pretty high. You know, it's a robot doctor. He could have just been a machine that patches you up, but he's not. They're just having a little uh, little chit-chat conversation there, a little small talk between a robot and Luke Skywalker, who's getting dressed at the time. Sir, it will take quite a while to evacuate the T-47. Well, forget the heavy equipment. There's plenty of time to get the smaller modules on the transports. Take care, sir. Thanks. He's got a microphone mouth. And his eyes are just like blinking and his arm is kind of moving around and he's just kind of swerving as Luke's like talking to him. And, you know, bless Mark Hamill, keeping a complete straight face as he's talking to this, this hunk of metal that was on set. But yeah, that's the thing. You're watching this scene. Like I said, it's easily overlooked because you're just watching it and it's part of the beauty of Star Wars. You're just like, yeah, that's something that happens in these movies. (laughs) I'm watching one of these Star Wars again. Guy's talking to a robot that's got a microphone mouth. That's kind of par for the course in these things. Part of the beauty of that scene, though, I think, it, it, so it was filmed in the late summer of 1979. 
And it was one of the, the last scenes filmed before they moved everything over to the, the big Dagobah sets. And the, part of the last ones, they, they filmed them like the, uh, the Echo Bay sets. And according to J.W. Rinsler's book, this scene, because it was a pickup shot done later, it was directed by George Lucas. It, it, it all makes sense once you, once you read that. It's like, yes, of course he did. Makes total sense. <laughs> Well, and as far as we know, he probably just came up with the dialogue on the spot, too, because I don't even – was that scene even in the script originally? Maybe not. <laughs> and, I mean, I guess Kasdan was on set around that time, so he maybe he did do the dialogue. But it's it's George Lucas-style Star Wars technobabble nonsense with heart. So it's it could be a, some Lucas lines. If you listen close, it's, it's got a certain Lucasness to it. A certain beauty, a certain rare beauty. Sir, it will take quite a while to evacuate the T-47. Well, forget the heavy equipment. There's plenty of time to get the smaller modules on the transports. Take care, sir. Thanks. You watch that scene, and it's beautiful, and then you go to the end of the movie after everything they've been through, and after everything Luke's been through, Luke has, has got his hand cut off by Darth Vader, I'm your father, and all that, which we all know. And who's putting on the robot hand in the end? Of course, it's 2-1-B. Which makes me wonder, did... Did 2-1-B then escape Echo Base, like when they gave the evacuation signal? Did 2-1-B in the mystery of his feet take off running? Did, he, did 2-1-B have to pick up FX-7? Or does FX-7, like, somehow, does FX-7 have wheels that come out at the bottom? Did they get on a transport? Because, and this is the truth, until today, I didn't even notice that FX-7 is actually in the end of Empire Strikes Back. But FX-7 is there. You know why you didn't notice, right? Because 2-1-B's on the screen. Yeah, because you can't take your eyes off 2-1-B. I know. It's the same, I had the same problem. It's like so obvious that FX-7 is there, but you're not looking. You're just waiting for 2-1-B to come back on screen. But FX-7 kind of looks like maybe he is has a rocket engine underneath him. Like maybe he just grabbed 2-1-B with one of his arms and they just <laughs> rocketed right into space. That, you know, that could be. Yeah. Star Wars Visions, the anime on Disney+. Plus. If we don't have a whole anime story about 2-1-B and FX-7 running through Echo Base to get on transport, then really what's the point of doing that at all? What was the point of even having Disney Plus? What's the point of Star Wars? Why even bring it back if you're not going to tell the story that people really care about? We're going to continue the saga. I naturally assumed that meant 2-1-B. Well, it's like at the end of the movie when they're all looking out the window. They're actually looking at 2-1-B's reflection. And after a few seconds of gazing longingly back at 2-1-B in the reflection, Luke's like, oh, wait, where did the Falcon go? It's true. <laughs> we laugh because it's true. <laughs> we would have did the same thing. So before we get into uh, 2-1-B's many, many, many other appearances and some of the deep 2-1-B history, we've got to talk about... One of the most fascinating things about 2-1-B, his beautiful, beautiful voice, that rich, robotic, melodic, soothing 2-1-B voice. It's believed that the voice of 2-1-B is voiceover actor Denny Delk, who has a bit of a history with Lucasfilm. He was a radio DJ. He had a part in more American Graffiti and, now get this, and... He was Wicket's voice in season two 
of the Ewoks cartoon, not season one, which remember when we did the Ewok cartoon challenge and suddenly Wicked's voice changes in the second season and it's very unsettling? Now we know why. Once you filled your belt of honor, you'll be proclaimed an Ewok warrior. Thanks, Chief Chirpa. Congratulations, Wicked. My dad says you'll be a great warrior someday. Thanks, Nisa. It might take some time, maybe all week, but I'm going to fill up this belt. Well, he, if you're the voice of 2NB after that role, you have the pick of anything you want. He probably said, I want to be Wicked. I don't care that there's another guy. Get rid of him. I'm Wicked now. Don't you know who I am? I was the voice of 2NB. Take care, sir. What does that mean to you? That's, that's He called up the original voice actor and said, take care, sir. <laughs> I'm Wicked now. He, he did tons of work uh, for LucasArts. He was the narrator in the talkie version of Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. And he was Murray, the talking skull, in the Monkey Island games. So, Denny Delk, we owe you huge thanks. Anytime I go eat at Denny's, I will think of you in your smooth robot voice. So, we all know about the greatest scene in cinema history in The Empire Strikes Back with 2MB and Luke. But originally... 2MB was going to have even a much larger role in The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, there are a lot of great Star Wars deleted scenes, but this may be one of the greatest of the greatest deleted scenes for the Star Wars movies. Yeah, what is it? It's Luke's Recovery. It's on Disney+. Plus. You can watch it. It's on the, the extras for The Empire Strikes Back. It's in black and white. And it's just kind of a longer version of Luke in the back to tank, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Only this time, 2NB has lines, and he basically gives his medical opinion of how Luke Skywalker is doing. And, of course, at this point, they don't have Denny Delk yet. So who else but director Irving Kirshner does the 2-1-B lines. Commander Skywalker's been ill and Dorma shot, but is responding well to the back day. He is presently out of danger. Thank the maker. They could have just put a, a robot voice filter on that and shipped it, and it would have been... It still would have been a classic. There's even... There's another one that's on Disney+, Plus where it's it's Luke and Leia in the medical bay, the, the very uncomfortable deleted scene. And... Right in the very beginning, 2-1-B is kind of hovering over Luke's little medical bed, and he just kind of hauls out of there, right? <laughs> it's because he's he's tested Luke's blood and Leia's blood as part of their checkups, and he knows they're related. And as soon as he sees them starting to kiss, he's out of there. <laughs> go, go, go and watch the deleted scene on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, 2-1-B is literally like, ooh, I'm getting out of here. Yeah, it's against his medical programming to let them know that they're related, but it doesn't mean he has to watch it. <laughs> Wait, no, but there is, we forgot about the scene when Han goes to get his Tauntaun. That's where there is 2-1-B, like, down on the ground examining the Tauntaun, and that's in the movie. Yeah, it's it's shocking because there are several shots during that part where almost the whole frame is, like, the back of 2-1-B. And, you know, and, and really it might just be maybe only Harrison Ford as 
enough power to distract you from 2-1-B. But think about this. That part when we see 2-1-B from behind, that's really our first introduction to 2-1-B. Because it's only after that part when Luke is in the back to tank. Yeah, you're right. We don't... It's like we, they're foreshadowing this new character that you're gonna is going to be your favorite. So he's like seven minutes in. You're introduced to him from behind. You see him front on. You see a heartwarming dialogue between Luke Skywalker and 2MB. He puts the the robot hand on Luke at the end. He's kind of like the bookends of the movie. It starts with 2MB. It ends with 2MB. He's the heart. People say the heart and soul of the movie is Yoda, and maybe it is, but it could also be 2-1-B. Yoda's just the heart and soul of the middle of the movie, <laughs> or 2-1-B's taken up the front and the back. But what's crazy with just remembering this part is this ties in really well with his appearance in Return of the Jedi, because he's in Return of the Jedi a long time I forgot he was into Return of the Jedi because he's just in the the briefing scene uh, with Mon Mothma, which, you know, with Mon Mothma and General Maydeen there, it's easy to get distracted. But what's crazy is a lot of times during that scene when they cut to Lando, behind Lando is like 2-1-B, like full screen. So it's literally like Lando's head and then slightly blurry 2-1-B. And that happens like five times in that scene. And he's just like huge, full on screen, 2-1-B. I rewatched that part today and I was really thinking hard about it. And he's got like a little computer thing in front of him. Is he really there for medical reasons? Which maybe, you know, when, when Akbar comes out, you might pass out. So they have to have a doctor in the room. Or after the events of The Empire Strikes Back, is he in a leadership position in the Rebel Alliance? Which, that's what I want to believe. By Return of the Jedi, yeah, he might be General 2-1-B. <laughs> Somebody heard about his little maneuver at the Battle of Tanab. <laughs> so, yeah, as, as far as we know, there's another squad with 2-1-B and FX-7. Because FX-7 is in that scene. I don't think you can see him in the movie, but there's, like, set photos from that day. Or, like, uh, promotional photos where you can see FX-7 is there, too. So, they're still there. They're still buddies. Maybe they have a squad. Maybe they infiltrate Vader's Star Destroyer or something. (laughs) I would give anything for a whole droid squadron. Again, Star Wars Visions. If there's not droid squadron and the adventures of General 2-1-B, then then what's the point? Why why are we doing this? Why are we even talking right now? I mean, he should have been at the party on Endor at the end. (laughs) Well, at, at this rate, he prob- maybe he is, and we just didn't notice yet. <laughs> when I rewatched it today, it was the first. I feel like it was the first time I ever saw Pruneface dancing, which I did see Pruneface dancing today. Which that's you know, it's the gift of Star Wars movies. They it's the gift that keeps on giving. You notice something new every time. And you know, we've said it a lot of times, but Return of the Jedi is the end of a trilogy to beat. I mean, how do you ever top? A prune face dancing and a Mon Calamari dancing and Chewbacca dancing, Billy Dee Williams dancing. I don't think you ever can, unfortunately. Every movie that's a trilogy should just stop at two because there's no way they're going to out-return the Jedi, return the Jedi. Unless they had to and be dancing, even though he wasn't in the movie. So Return the Jedi ends. We all think uh, Star Wars is over. No, no, no. The prequel trilogy comes around 
And we get two movies with no 2-1-B. If you're going to say anything bad about Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, I think the only thing you can possibly say is there was no 2-1-B. But then Revenge of the Sith, it's not the 2-1-B. It's not the 2-1-B we know and love from The Empire and Jedi, but it is a 2-1-B. Yeah, and if Luke gets to be buddies with 2-1-B, then his father Anakin should at least have an opportunity to be friends with 2-1-B, but like a lot of things in the movie, he had the same choice in front of him that Luke did, but he made the opposite call, and instead of being friends with 2-1-B, he crushed him with the Force in a fit of rage. The ring theory in full effect, where you know, 2-1-B, good 2-1-B, put the hand on Luke, and uh, evil 2-1-B in... Revenge of the Sith. I don't know if he was evil. He did have like a weird needle hand that didn't look friendly, but he's like putting the Vader suit on Anakin. So yeah, full parallel ring theory in full effect. And then the prequel trilogy ends, and we're also sad because there's no two more two one B. But then surprise, surprise, the Clone Wars come al- come along, and shocker, we're getting two one B right out of the gate, right? <laughs> Yeah, so in the second episode of the Clone Wars cartoon, Rising Malevolence, 2-1-B makes an appearance. And I think it's that's the one where Plo Koon and his clones get trapped in a, a uh, disabled spaceship. And they're like floating around in some, in some rubble of a battle. And the evil battle droids are trying to find them. And they like turn off all the life support and everything like, so they can't get scanned. And then all of a sudden two one B comes out of the back and he's like, hello. And they're like, Oh no, we forgot to turn off the medical droid. But that's how much of a superstar two one B is because with that first season of clone wars, like I remember in interviews, they were saying like they could only add like one new character per episode because they just didn't have the time to make all that stuff. So at some point they decided early on that it was important enough to have two one B that they had a model for him made, but maybe they didn't have to make his legs. So it only took half as long. So well, and then he ended up being in just like dozens of episodes of clone wars. And then, yeah, he showed up in rebels and he was in a deleted scene, like an early version, I don't know, of Rogue One. There's a 2-1-B droid in the, the Rogue One Visual Dictionary, but it's in, like, Saw's alcove on Jeddah, but it's the weird, like, bald Saw Guerrero, so it's, like, from that other version, you know, what will you become, and all that that we never got to see. It's a really cool-looking 2-1-B. It's, like, white and yellow. He's G2-1-B-7, like he's in disguise. Maybe that's the same 2-1-B, and he just gets a paint job after he, because he was a rebel with with uh, Saw's group, and after uh, Jedha explodes, he paints himself blue and tries to get in with the, the rest of the rebellion. You know, I am all for that 2-1-B canon, where he was part, yeah, part of Saw's crew on Jedha, and then went to the Rebel Alliance, <laughs> was Luke Skywalker's best friend. <laughs> There was, back in the day, an insider. There was an Ask 2-1-B column where it was like 2-1-B giving advice that was genius. And 2-1-B had this running gag where he was mad 
about Mara Jade because Mara Jade was actually on a cover of Insider. Mara Jade was actually never in one of the movies. And 2-1-B actually was in the movies. And 2-1-B was trying to get on the cover of Insider, which never happened, which should have happened. And what just recently, just like what, a couple weeks ago, there's an actual U.S. post office stamp with a 2-1-B droid coming out on it. Yeah, he made it on a stamp. America loves 2-1-B. It's a new day in America. <laughs> We've got a 2-1-B stamp out there. And he had a, a great story in uh, the new Certain Point of View, the, the Certain Point of View, the, the Empire Strikes Back book, the, the, the story Right Hand Manned by Lydia Kang, where he's on a first-name basis with Luke. He's like calling him Luke, and 2-1-B says to Luke, may the force be with you. One of the highlights of that book is the story with uh, 2-1-B, and it's great. If you heard our episode, I think we we talked way too long about it, but it's a really good story. And yeah, Luke needs a buddy to talk to, and 2-1-B's there for him. 2-1-B is an essential part of Star Wars. 2-1-B is not going anywhere. 2-1-B is forever. And there was a ton of 2-1-B stuff in like the old legends from like the old West End role playing game. Of course, they had like an entire outrageous backstory for 2-1-B where what he was originally served on the empire on the planet Firo and what he like defected or something when it came under the notice of Lord Kulkuver Kyver or something. <laughs> He, he like accompanied Lord Kyver to visit the planet War Tandrell. I don't know what was going on in the old, <laughs> the West End role playing games, but bless them that they came up with a gigantic backstory for Two One B. Well, even in that, he's uh, kind of buddies with FX Seven, I think, right? Because they they arrive at Echo Base together, and then they make. Two and be chief of surgery, <laughs> which I, I love the idea that maybe they just showed up at Echo Base. But they do say how he escaped; that he was evacuated aboard a medium transport, the Bright Hope. Did he go by himself? Did someone pick him up? Did the two and V run? Yeah, maybe, like you said, like maybe his feet are interchangeable. Maybe he has like the little pod feet that like the action figure had. But if he needs to get on the evacuation ship really quick, it like turns into like rollerblades or something. It could be. <laughs> it could be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So now we all know why 2-1-B is so vitally important to the saga. But now let's get to the part everyone's been waiting for. 2-1-B dream dates. He's here. My mystery date. Mystery date. Are you ready? new Milton Bradley game of romance and mystery that's just for you and you and you and you mystery date will you be ready for swimming take care sir or a dance sir it will take quite a while to evacuate the T-47 open the door for your mystery date get mystery date Gabe what is your 2-1-B dream date I would arrive at 2-1-B's residence and pick him up because I don't think he can drive. And I think we would go to an all-you-can-eat, like those Brazilian steakhouses, not for 2-1-B, 
but probably for me, because if I had a heart attack, I know 2-1-B would be able to bring me back to life. This is very specific. <laughs> a Brazilian steakhouse, all you can eat. Yeah. Are those, are those in the Chicago area? We we got like we got like six of them. Yeah, <laughs> we we don't we don't have those in Michigan. And you know, there's you could always die when you eat all you can eat beef. So two and B would be my partner for that. But I think two and B and I would go roller skating afterwards because he could put on his roller skate feet and uh, hit the rink because we do still have a roller rink here too. So we we've got you know. Brazilian steakhouses and roller rinks. So come on, 2NB, come to come to the suburbs of Chicago. <laughs> and I'll treat you right. <laughs> wow. Oh. I a bit a bit more low-key. I would say, okay, well choose the residence of whatever, like whatever what's more convenient for you? 2NB, do you want me to come to your place? Do you want to come to my place? Let's plan a dinner. Let's make the dinner together. What maybe maybe something pasta? That could be good. Find a pasta dish online. Maybe agree that we're going to make that. Like, get maybe split the ingredients. You know, make the experience of cooking the pasta and all the stuff, the sauce and all that, the cheese, whatever. Yeah, we just chill. Like, let's watch something on Netflix, Disney Plus, whatever. Let's just hang out. Maybe like you know, wine, beer, whatever. Do should I bring that if you want me to? Okay, I'll bring that. Maybe we don't even want to do that. That's fine, too. Maybe just drink water and just take it easy. Just chill. I'm just saying we just be real chill and just hang out. And I just want to ask 2NB a lot of questions. I want to get to know who is 2NB besides the hero that I've seen in the cinema. Sounds good. Let, let 2NB uh, get off his feet <laughs> and maybe take off his feet and just sit on the couch. The medical profession is a very stressful job. It's like... Let's just relax a little bit. <laughs> all right. Well, you, you've heard our dream dates. Now let's. We all know Talking Bay '94 and Brandon. Let's hear. Let's hear what Brandon's two one B dream date. Let's hear what. I wonder what that would be like. Hey y'all, it's Brandon from Talking Bay '94. Uh, I was asked to imagine my dream date uh, with the medical droid two one B, and I, I've never even put that in the back of my mind. That's such a weird thought to even ask me. Anyway, um, there's some dark science secrets only the Sith know. I have some audio from that dream. Weird. Anyway, here it is. I am so sorry. My date with 2NB. 2NB, there you are. Sir? Do you hear those alarms? They want us to evacuate. It will take quite a while. No, I know, but I can't evacuate. Not now. I can't evacuate this space without telling you how I feel. It will take quite a while. No, it won't take long. I know we have to evacuate. Sir? It's just a poem. A love poem. A short love poem. Okay? Here it is. I wrote it for you. Two is for the way your two glowing eyes look right through to my soul. One is for the way your one weird mask thing makes it hard to try to kiss you. And B. B is for, for the way I always want to be with you. Two one B, will you go out with me? Take care, sir. Okay, okay. Uh, thanks, Blast Points. Again, I'm so sorry for this. Happy Valentine's Day to Two One B and to Mr. John Knoll and to Blast Points and to all you listening. Again, really, really sorry for this. Take care, sir. <laughs> I think I know who Two One B is going to go out on a date with now. I think you're right. <laughs> 
<laughs> He's way out of our league. Oh, thank you, Brandon. That was that was wonderful. Mystery day. Are you ready for your mystery day? Don't so, okay, closing thoughts on two one B. We're we're as we as we wrap up this beautiful look at the beautiful droid. What what do you what have we learned? What 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 are you taking away from all this? Well, over the last year, we've come to appreciate medical professionals even more. And I think we're realizing that Star Wars knew how amazing medical professionals were all along with this spectacular character who could do it all. He can save lives. He can be your best friend. He can roller skate. He's 2-1-B. I hope that someday I can be half of 2-1-B. 2-1-B is a friend. He's a lover. He's a fighter. He's a droid with a huge heart that you can see through his chest. And it may look like there's just some weird battery thing in there, but it's actually his massive loving heart. And I hope we see more 2-1-Bs in all Star Wars to come. I would think in Andor, 2-1-Bs are a given. Maybe the 2-1-B. Who knows? If we work really hard, we can all be 2-1-B. Look deep into yourself. Find that 2-1-B inside you. 2-1-B the person that you know you can be. case from the Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back collection. Inside, it's got room for your favorite Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back action figures. They fit? Yeah. There's new Dengar, Adat Driver, Rebel Commander, Leia, and 2-1-B. You can hold up to 31 action figures, each sold separately, and you can take them with you. Darth Vader collector's case. Action figures, each sold separately. From Kenner. All right, so let's finally get to it. Let's read a couple of the amazing reviews that you folks, the listeners, have left for us on Apple Podcasts. We love reading these. Gabe, what's our first one? Our first one here is by Plastic Fangs, and it's Claude Squad for Life. The best part of Blast Points is that it's really like sitting down with a couple of your best friends and digging into some Star Wars minutiae. Jason and Gabe know what they're talking about for real and always impressed with unique, obscure parts of the lore. Episodes are well-crafted and content is both well-planned and coordinated, not overproduced with lots of personality. They are both dedicated Jedi Master level experts and you can feel the love and passion they have for all they talk about. They even do impersonations. George Lucas is my favorite. I think he's my favorite, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which of the two of them snorts when he laughs, but hearing it always makes me smile, and I hope it can be used in a Star Wars project someday. Yeah, the the secret is we both snort, so you never know. <laughs> you never know who you're going to get. It's Oh, there it was, right oh, there. there. Yeah, who is that? We don't know. It's one of us. <laughs> Could have been both of us. Oh, there, well, thank you, Plastic Fangs. 
And uh, this next one is from Giant Turtle. It's titled Celebrate the Love. And it reads, these guys just get it. That's all there is to it. Their joy and appreciation of the entire Star Wars saga slash EU slash video game slash problematic Ewok storybooks is infectious. My life and more importantly, my work days are better with this show in it. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you, Giant Turtle. Thank you. I like Giant Turtles. I do too. <laughs> and Tiny Turtles. Really, all turtles are good. That's really true. It's really true. All size, all colors, all shapes, all, all breeds. And if you want us to read your Apple Podcast review, if you listen on something Apple, or even if you don't, just pretend. Go over there and write something nice like those two, and we'll read yours on an upcoming show. And it helps the show, helps people find it, helps us in like the Apple charts or something. I don't know. Thank you. 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 Hi, JJ Abrams here. On behalf of the entire cast and crew of Star Wars Episode 7, thank you. Jason and Gabe, it's uh, Taylor Gray, uh, excuse me, Ezra Bridger here, Spectre 6, uh, reporting into Blast Points Podcast. Just wanted to say what's up, and uh, may the force be with you. See you guys. And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial Stormtroopers are so precise. And after you write that review on Apple, iTunes, wherever they call it now... Check out our website, blastpointspodcast.com, and you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you are on Facebook, make sure you sign up for the Blast Points Chill Group. If you want to support the show in a different way, we have got the Blast Points Army over there on the Patreon, where we've got all of our Mandalorian review episodes, Clone Wars review episodes, commentaries... We just had a commentary for Rares of the Lost Ark. We're going to have more Blast Points Army stuff coming up on there throughout the year. That's, that's where Bad Batch reviews eventually are going to end up. And, and yeah, if you are part of the Blast Points Army already, thank you so much. But that about wraps up number 253 here. 2-1 Be My Valentine. It's, this is an award-winning episode. I have a feeling. It's definitely Valentine's Day. If you and your significant other are at a loss on what to do on Valentine's Day, play this episode again. Light some candles, pour some wine, and I'd be like, I know just the thing for to set the romantic mood. This episode of Blast Points about 2-1-B. Turn the lights down. 
and turn the stereo up. We'll be back next week, folks. Thank you all so much for listening. Bye-bye. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. Maybe one of the weirdest episodes we've ever done. <laughs> Just maybe. May the force be with all of you.